1: After Chattanooga and two recruitment centers of military being attacked, three since 2009 in Fort Hood, when you look at 2012 in the Washington Naval Yard and now this in Chattanooga, three military bases or recruitment centers that were attacked by lone gunmen. There are public citizens in states that have carry permits with no conceal that are standing outside with rifles and semi-automatic weapons standing in front of these recruitment centers to protect the military because inside are gun-free zones and the military cannot arm themselves to protect themselves. Now, some people, especially on the right, would say, it is crazy that the military can't have a gun inside, but the public citizen can have a gun outside. But what is also crazy, in my opinion, as a liberal, is that you have people That have perhaps no training, no background check, maybe mental illness, maybe an ex-con, maybe on medication. We don't know who these people are. That could hurt somebody. I've invited to join me briefly live from London on the show. Somebody that you know and love and respect, as do I. Somebody who has attained the rank of colonel. Somebody that, as I've mentioned to you before, the background uh, quickly... In addition to being the founder and president of Cedric Layton Associates, a strategic risk and leadership consultancy serving global companies and organizations that was founded in 2010. But he was also in the Air Force, the United States Air Force, for 26 years. He was an intelligence officer. He attained the rank of colonel. He's held assignments all around the world and at every level of command to include tactical deployed units, the U.S. Special Ops Command, national agencies, as well as the joint staff in the Pentagon. Colonel Cedric Leighton joins us live from London. Colonel, thank you very last minute, but I did want to get your expertise on this because a lot of my stuff is emotion, and I'm not a big gun gal, but I've never been in the military. So thank you for joining us on this Wednesday, sir, and for taking the time.
2: Oh, it's my pleasure, Leslie. It's great to be with you.
1: Uh, Colonel, I wanted to ask you something. First of all, we've had since 2009 three attacks on military bases or recruitment centers. We've had five on schools, two on places of worship, Two on shopping centers. I mean, the list goes on. Yet people come out en masse to protect our men and women who are in uniform. You know, whether they're recruiting people, and uh, you know, or whether they're going into the recruitment center um, and being interested in being in the military themselves. Um, first, does that surprise you? And is this a good thing or a bad thing? And do, uh, don't misunderstand, Colonel. I don't think you will. No disrespect to you or anybody in uniform. But doesn't every life matter as the catchphrase and hashtag goes nowadays?
2: Oh, absolutely. Every life does matter, and that's why you have to be really careful with these kinds of displays. I put, completely understand the public emotion and the desire to protect the military. I, I think it's best if, in this particular case, the military and local authorities look at exactly how they should maintain security or beef up security in specific instances with their specific recruiting services and recruiting centers that are in their localities. So. They- there is a lot that can be done, uh, but there is a lot that should be done. Probably that is off the radar, that is not publicly viewable. Uh, when public citizens go out and do this kind of thing, they they do in fact uh, pose a risk to themselves, potentially to others, certainly. And uh, it really depends on, like you said, who they are and uh, you know what their real motives are. It's uh, you know it's, it's definitely laudable that they want to protect the military. The next question is, what do you do in the case of an accident or an actual incident? And that's uh, that's where the kind of training that military and law enforcement personnel have becomes key to protecting those that might potentially be targets of a terrorist attack like we had in, in Chattanooga, or at least an attack that appears to be a terrorist attack like we had in Chattanooga.
1: Okay. So, um, first of all, Colonel, do you agree with the Department of Defense and the military, not just now, even since Chattanooga, but in the past, um, do you agree with them having... And continuing to be hesitant about arming the military in recruitment centers and on military bases in the United States.
2: I think it depends on the specific individuals that are involved. Certainly, uh, security personnel in the military are very well qualified to handle weapons, particularly the type of weapons that you would need to defend a facility like a recruiting station. Uh, there are a lot of military personnel, however, who are not as well trained in the use of arms in those specific situations. It's one thing, you know, to fire a rocket grenade at a, uh, you know, at a particular uh, position on a, at an enemy field of battle. Uh, it's quite another to. Uh, Defend a a facility against an attack like we had in Chattanooga. So, the tactics and techniques that are required to uh, work a situation like Chattanooga are very different from what you would find on a battlefield. Having said that, there are certainly ways to train military personnel to do that. I think it is certainly conceivable that some well qualified recruiters should be trained uh, and should be allowed to carry weapons, uh, but it should be on a by exception basis and based on the threat level that's out there, and it should not become the norm if at all possible
1: accidents suicide things like that can take place with guns in one of these recruitment centers or even on a military base correct i mean in other words although we could have minimized perhaps we don't know uh some deaths uh maybe even all the deaths although i doubt it because you know the element of surprise better than i colonel um you know many people point to fort hood and if the uh, soldiers had been armed there the end result wouldn't have been the same It it may not have been the same, but having people armed doesn't guarantee this. And and, and is it a deterrent? And I say that because, you know, I think a lot of these folks want, uh, you know, those who are terrorist-minded, if it comes from an ideological place rather than mental illness, um, want uh, to martyr themselves. And I think if people come from a mental illness, uh, even if it's not a military base, when you look at, like, Sandy Hook, et cetera, they want to die, and, and they don't they, they, they expect to die. So if there's a bunch of people with guns outside, well, you know, that that helps to bring about what they the self-fulfilling prophecy that they desire.
2: Oh, absolutely, and that's that's the real danger because the enemy is varied. It's not just uh, you know an ideological issue. It could be uh, you know a one-off criminal issue. It could be all kinds of things. That uh, and of course the psychological aspect is very key to all of this. And uh, so yeah, you you really don't uh, don't know exactly which situation you're going to run into. So you try to protect against as many eventualities as possible. Uh, But you know a a situation like you had at Fort Hood, as an example. that uh, you know may or may not have worked out uh, in a in a better way had troops been armed because there's the danger of things like crossfire. So if you are, for example, you you hear the sound of gunfire, you go to the, where the sound of gunfire is coming from, and then you start shooting, which would be a bad thing to do in those cases. Uh, but it, it could happen uh, then. Risks other people's lives; it puts people in danger, in greater danger than even the original asylum, As, as horrible as that situation was, so there are a lot of dangers out there, and there's a lot of training that would need to happen before we got to the point where we truly armed everybody. And even then, you wouldn't be certain that uh, they couldn't that there wouldn't be an issue such as a, a you know psychological issue or a suicide type uh, type situation, and that of course would be extremely tragic if that happened.
1: I want to get your um, take, uh, Colonel, on the people in many states, especially some of these southern states like Kentucky, Alabama, Tennessee, uh, people who um, have weapons, have very high caliber uh, weapons, uh, weaponry, and uh, semi automatic uh, weaponry, rifles, uh, you know, and everything, I don't know, AK this, AK that, and um, are standing outside of these recruitment centers uh, despite the military not wanting them to do this. The police are applauding them. Local citizens are dropping off donuts. But there are many citizens who are afraid. Um, from a military uh, perspective and uh, your professional experience with weapons and with civilians with weapons, is this a disaster waiting to happen? These people who are not asked but have volunteered to stand in front of these recruiting centers armed on a sidewalk with their guns in, in plain view?
2: Well, I certainly admire their willingness to help protect the military, but. Having said that, I think that uh, they they really are putting a lot of people at risk. There are going to be a lot of issues. Uh, you know, obviously the gun laws in those states allow them to uh, to do this kind of thing, but, you know, you've got uh, a certain odd public display of weaponry at a place that, uh, you know, is designed to be welcoming, originally at least was designed to be welcoming to new recruits, and that uh, in itself in and of itself could be, you know, somewhat dangerous. Uh, from a variety of standpoints, it could be very dangerous if if people all of a sudden are confronted with a real situation, and there is firing in all directions when the firing really needs to be concentrated on the threats, So I can see some significant potential dangers out there, and that uh, is, is something that I think we really have to avoid at all costs. And I would ask citizens who are doing this kind of thing to really think about what they're doing and make sure that they don't put themselves and others in harm's way needlessly. We don't want any more tragedies, and that's the key here. We don't want any more tragedies, and we got to do what we need to protect our troops but we also need to make sure that we don't hurt others in the process do
1: you think though uh, you know obviously you don't have a crystal ball colonel that this could be very dangerous we don't know where these people got their guns we don't know if they're trained and you know training is essential um, and yes. we, we don't know their you know their uh, mental capacity we don't know if they're on drugs if they've been drinking I mean these are people who have all day to stand around with a gun um, obviously unemployed or have a very understanding boss um, and are mm-hmm. independently wealthy and, uh, you know, we don't know if they're ex-cons. Did they get their guns at a gun show or, you know, buy it from a neighbor or find it on the street? Was there a background check? And my concern is what if one of these areas you have somebody with darker skin or with a beard or dressed um, that, you know, in non-Western attire, like a woman wearing a hijab, which, you know, is a head covering, a headscarf. Um, my, my concern is that they would shoot first and think later because they are not
2: trained. Well, and that's the exact exact problem. One of the good things about training is that it helps you channel your emotions. Uh, you know, when you're engaged in a high-threat situation, it is an emotional event, no matter what anybody tells you. And the situation that these people could potentially be dealing with might result in some senseless deaths because of, uh, the you know, they could potentially be what we would call trigger happy. What they need is extreme, rigorous training in these kinds of events, these kinds of really law enforcement type situations and anti-terrorism type situations and without that kind of training they put so many people at risk that it is is truly a dangerous thing to do and they should really think about this before they go out and emotionally react to the tragedy in chattanooga
1: i agree with you because i think it is an emotionally jerk reaction what about um defense secretary carter saying you know you know we're, we're we're looking at this um we're considering this and you know but in the meantime, don't wear your uniforms. Some people in the military thought, oh, that's disgraceful. You know, we take pride in, in the uniforms. What was your reaction to a Defense Secretary card?
2: Well, there was a time back in, even before I joined the military, when people were told not to wear their uniform off-post or off-base, uh, that uh, on college campuses, uh, you know, you weren't allowed to wear your uniform once you left the ROTC confines, for example. Uh, I think, you know, in that era, we don't want to see a repeat of that. I think I do think military personnel should be proud to wear their uniform. I would not have, uh, you know, recommended that if I had been in Secretary Carter's shoes. I would have said basically, you know, use, use caution uh, understand where you're at, uh, but uh, you, you can't let the terrorists win. You have to be, uh, you know, you have to take a certain amount of risk uh, as a uniformed person, and one of those risks is making sure that you maintain a presence. It uh, does two things. Either it attracts those who are want to do you harm, or it uh, helps really prevent the kind of activity that we saw in, in Chattanooga. It could go one of two ways, and uh, I, I think it is best if uh, there is a good representation of military personnel within all American communities—rich, uh, poor, north, south, east, west—and those are the kinds of things that uh, you know make it important. Things like uh, wearing the uniform in public places makes people more comfortable with people in uniform, and it also sends the message that we are out there veterans, active duty, reserve, guard, uh, all of those. Uh, and that is, I think, more essential in a democracy like ours uh, than not doing things uh, that, uh, that uh, you know, would, in essence, minimize our presence. And, and I think in this case, uh, yeah, I would be much uh, more supportive of an effort to uh, visibly increase the presence of those who can legitimately wear the uniform. And that, uh, that I think, would be a better policy in this case.
1: Uh, Colonel, I understand that you can stay with us just a brief segment more. Is that correct?
2: Absolutely, Leslie, not a problem.
1: Thank you very much. Colonel Leighton joining us live from London. I'm Leslie Marshall. We'll be back with him. We'll also open up the phone lines for you. Get in line now. We're talking about this issue, whether or not military should be armed on military bases and in recruitment centers. And what do you think about those who I feel want to take the law into their own hands for security detail with people and conceal and not not conceal carry state standing outside on sidewalks in front of recruitment centers with guns i think it's a slippery slope what do you say 8886 leslie
3: life liberty and the pursuit of truth the leslie marshall show give her a call now at 8886 leslie
1: I'm Leslie Marshall. Welcome, welcome back. Only True Democracy and Talk Radio. Getting to your calls in just a moment, but we continue uh, our conversation briefly uh, before the next break, uh, just a couple minutes away, with Colonel Cedric Layton. Follow him on Twitter, by the way, at Cedric Layton, C E D R I C L E I G H T O N, and the website, CedricLayton.com. Colonel, um, do you feel that governors in some states that have called the National Guard to stand outside? Uh, In in the meantime, until uh, the Department of Defense and, uh, you know, the military comes uh, to a decision regarding uh, the ability for some or all to arm themselves uh, in those recruitment centers and uh, military bases is a better idea than the public just volunteering themselves.
2: I, I do think it's a better idea just because you know, a lot of National Guard members do have uh, the requisite skill set that can help protect recruiting centers, and you know they've got that skill set. You know mostly their background and you know, what their qualifications are when it comes to weapons handling issues. Uh, so, yeah, I do think that's a better, more uh, protective way of, of actually handling this situation.
1: You know, what, what do you, and what do you think is the – I mean, because to me this is not – even if we arm them, This is not a solution to people trying to shoot at them or anyone else in in our country. So very briefly, in less than a minute, a few sentences, Colonel, what's the first step toward this solution?
2: The first step really is, uh, you know, first of all, increasing our defenses in a way that makes sense. So you have non-lethal ways of conducting surveillance. You have ways of, uh, you know, looking at the threat from an intelligence perspective that uh, perhaps wasn't adequately done in the Chattanooga piece just because they didn't connect the dots, as they say, uh, you know, with his travel to Jordan and, you know, all all of those things. Uh, So There are certain elements that could be done that way. But very quickly, I would say that, you know, the the next best thing is to make sure that there there's a bit of a perimeter defense situation there, and then also uh, make sure that the surveillance mechanisms that are uh, as part of the physical protection of the recruiting center property, that those need to be upgraded, and there are better ways uh, to do that than uh, you know, have been done in the past. So I think those are areas that can be done that may be less visible to the public.
1: Okay. Thank
3: you, Colonel. We're
1: This is Leslie Marshall. Have you ever ate too much? Oh, admit it, you have. Have you ever eaten the wrong foods? Oh, God, I do. Spicy, spicy, spicy. Love them. And those peppers and those onions. Have you ever slept in the wrong position? I did last night. All of that can give you an upset stomach. Experts say that nearly all of us eventually develop some sort of digestive problem. Digestive problem, And that's because as we age, our stomachs produce less of the enzymes. Now, you might say, well, what does that matter? Enzymes are needed to break your food down. So this is what I do. When I have that queasy, uneasy, refluxy feeling, all I do is take a Gutsy Chewy tablet. Yep, no prescription. Gutsy Chewy, you can get it. No prescription. And guess what? It's all natural. It's an oral and digestive supplement invented by my buddy, Dr. Doug Hagiki. Gutsy Chewy, and he is, by the way, a gastroenterologist and a dentist. Now, Gutsy chewies are blended natural heartburn remedies because they've taken natural elements like papaya a fruit licorice root apple cider vinegar uh, and then added calcium magnesium xylitol that helps with oral health too by the way so what happens when you put those things together they boost your body's natural defense against heartburn and reflux so if you feel that you need to go see the md and get an rx you don't you need to get gutsy chewy Gutsy Chewies are gluten and lactose-free. They come in citrus and wild berry flavors. And when you get that queasy, uneasy, reflexy feeling like, I do do what I do, take Gutsy Chewy. You'll feel better. It's better for your health. Check it out. GutsyProducts.com. Go to GutsyProducts.com or call 855 go Gutsy 855-484-8879. We are talking about, in this hour, arming our military on military bases or at recruitment centers. But even more so, we are talking about the citizens with guns in these states, many of them southern like Kentucky, Alabama, and Tennessee, that are standing in front of recruitment centers with guns out who are saying, if they can't protect themselves, we're going to stand outside and protect them. I have so many questions. Like, this is going to deter an ideological or mentally ill murderer? eight 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 six Leslie eight 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 six five three seven five four three is the number. Is this vigilante justice and does anything good ever come of it? eight 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 six Leslie eight 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 six five three seven five four three is the number. And does it worry or comfort you that former soldiers and gun nuts are voluntarily guarding our military recruitment centers across the US after this Chattanooga shooting. 8886 Leslie, I'm more comfortable with former military, at least they're trained. 8886 Leslie, 8886537543. And speaking of that, who are these people? Who are these people? Where did they get their guns? Did they have a background check? Are they mentally sound? Were they properly trained? Are they ex-cons doing drugs, sipping the booze? 8886 Leslie, 8886537543 is the number. And what happens when someone who looks Arabic or in their mindset Muslim comes to a base or to one of these recruitment centers or just walks by? What about a woman wearing a hijab, which is a head covering, a headscarf? Couldn't someone like the Chattanooga shooter pretend that they're There to guard the recruitment center and use that as an excuse to close to 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 get close to the soldiers, by the way. In other words, somebody could stand outside with an armed gun and turn around and shoot the guys next to him and then turn around and shoot somebody in the recruitment center. The element of surprise, my friend. Eight, 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 six, Leslie, eight, 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 six, five, three, seven, five, four, three is the number. Now, wouldn't it be smarter? As some governors have requested, to have the National Guard troops guard bases and guard these recruitment centers like some governors have ordered. eight 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 six Leslie, eight 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 six five three seven five four three. And what happens when every day American citizens take up arms for other shootings? What happens when they start showing up outside of elementary schools? eight 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 six Leslie, eight 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 six five three seven five four three is the number. And do certain people love those moments when they get to take out their weapon and use it as a source of authority? Look what's happened with cops. Is this something we need to worry about? Eight 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 six Leslie eight 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 six five three seven five four three. Our open carry states such as Alabama, Georgia, Ohio, and Kentucky encouraging their citizens to go out with their guns and intimidate other individuals? There are people out there who say they're frightened by what they're seeing take place. Eight 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 six Leslie eight 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 six five three seven five four three. And lastly, should all federal and state facilities be guarded by gun carrying people? Eight 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 six Leslie. is the number. Let's start it out in Washington. Line 5 with Paul. Paul, good afternoon. How you doing? Thanks for joining me.
0: Hi, Leslie. I I need a gutsy too when I think about these people these basically just random citizens with open carry. Uh, I was listening to the colonel carefully and uh, he's right that these open carry laws are our state's rights prerogatives um, and they have uh, Second Amendment rights uh, to uh, carry, to own these firearms, and, this, and as far as the states' laws go, to carry them openly, they have a First Amendment right to assembly. But I'm starting to think that the two of them together constitute a clear and present danger. This coming from the Shank versus United States case in 1919, where Oliver Wendell Holmes, Justice Oliver Wendell Holmes Jr. developed that test (laughs) when Charles Schenck distributed anti-conscription pamphlets okay, against the First World War pamphlets. Now, when people start showing up and congregating, they have a right to assembly, of course. They also have a right to open carry. But when you mix the two together, I think as a citizen of the United States, I have a case to say they are a clear and present danger in the same way that somebody, you know, how many of them do you let uh, congregate? 10, 20, 50, 100? When do they start becoming the, uh, the militarization of our neighborhoods and intimidating, uh, intimidating citizens in that way? If they think they're going to protect these centers, something comes, uh, something, uh, and I wish I could have asked the colonel this does not a, a military unit require a commander to, to tell when to commence and halt fire? And where to direct fire? I don't know. I don't know that these groups have that. But even if they do, then they become a militia, and then and they then they are military. And I would imagine that some of these people are. For example, in
1: Keene, New Hampshire, there is a militia. They're an anti-government group in right. Keene, New Hampshire. They pledge not to obey the Constitution. Well, if they pledge not to obey the Constitution, they also may pledge not to obey the law.
0: Well, if they pledge not to obey the Constitution. Are they not a clear and present danger? I agree. So I think that the, I think that there's a case of brewing here. Uh, I was home to my, uh, my home state of Michigan just uh, last month where I understand that we have these uh, open carry people parading around in groups of uh, five or six in front of schools just to show that they can do it. Not because they're trying to protect the school, just to put it in your face and say, I can do this. And principals are going out of their minds. But this is states' rights. These these open carry laws are states' rights. But I'm wondering if there is uh, we can run afoul of you know precedent, a Supreme Court precedent, with clear and present danger.
1: All right. Anything else, Paul?
0: Uh, that's my point. All right. Thank you. Appreciate
1: Thanks, it, as me. always. 8886 leslie Eight 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 six five three seven five four three. Mark's in Dayton, Ohio. Next, line one. Mark, good afternoon. Um, these guards, many of them are calling themselves patriots. Um, it, 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 is this a good idea, or do you think this is an accident waiting to happen, a slippery slope?
4: Well, my, uh, I'm a guns rights person, but I think this is actually very dangerous because you have a lot of people with high emotions— um, just think of the Boston Massacre that triggered uh, the escalation to the Revolutionary War you had a, a mob you had people with guns you had somebody shoot and then everybody let off and some people got killed accidents are waiting to happen when you've got armed people who aren't trained properly to a identify a threat that's my biggest fear just because somebody looks like they're an Arab um... Even though profiling works, policemen are trained to do it. To have um, people out there with guns, thinking that they have those skills, it's a powder keg that's going to cause more problems than save lives.
1: Okay, uh, I would agree with you. And uh, you know, look, I believe in that's I, I believe agrees. in your right to have a gun. I believe, and you know what? I honestly am okay. Um, if the military feels it's okay with properly trained um, recruitment officers and military personnel on bases having guns, because I believe the Second Amendment speaks directly to that, I have a huge problem with this vigilante ju- The other thing is, who is standing outside of a recruitment center all damn day with a gun in Kentucky? I'm sorry, people of Kentucky, but you know what I'm saying. I mean, you know, it, 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 you know, I, I I mentioned to my crew. You know the, the idle mind's uh, the devil's workshop. What's an idle mind with a gun?
4: It's it's a threat. Um, they, it's they an accident waiting the, to happen, as you it, said. It, I agree. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I put my check mark on. Uh, this needs to be stopped before it gets out of hand, and let the military handle it, and the government put people in place, protect our servicemen, which need to be and deserve to be protected, but we don't need our mobs
1: doing it. All right. Thank you. Thank you for your call, Mark. Appreciate it. See, uh-huh. ag- ag- agree on something. People even disagree. Agree. Doug in Indiana online three joins us. Hey, Doug. How you doing? Good afternoon.
0: Hey, Leslie. I, I just wanted to make a quick comment. But how? Uh, what's the likelihood that if the Charleston church shooting had been a white church, that these open carry zealots would be out there in front
2: of the the white churches, and why
0: didn't they go? To the black
2: churches after that shooting, well,
0: mean, nobody's
1: going, and that's a good point. Nobody's going to seek temples, churches, shopping malls, or schools. They're going to recruitment
2: centers. Exactly. So,
1: so, so, so okay. So you're you're saying this plays into that mindset.
2: If it had been a white church that had been shot up by uh, by a Muslim or something, would these open carry zealots would they be all over these white churches as they would? Would they be going to the black churches? I mean, what I'm trying to say is, you know, you don't know saying is this why why aren't they openly carrying in front of black churches? Why aren't they? Wait, so... wait, they're
1: not even black churches. The only place they're openly carrying, and I don't like it or agree with it. But the only people, people, you know, people said in these states, I'm upset you're killing our military. But they don't seem to be upset that Sikhs in Wisconsin are being killed or black people in South exactly. Carolina are being killed. or little kids in Newtown, Connecticut at Sandy Hook are being killed.
0: That's right. That's all I wanted to say. All
1: right. That Yeah. All, um, all lives matter or just military? Right. That's a good point. No offense to our military; you do great service. My dad fought in Korean War. My uncle in Vietnam. My cousin, Persian Gulf One and Two. My car, one of my cousins is in Vietnam. Excuse me, in Vietnam and Afghanistan right now. Uh, let's go back to the calls. Eight 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 six Leslie. Eight 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 six five three seven five four three is the number. Uh, let's go to Daniel in New Mexico, line four. Daniel, good afternoon.
3: Howdy. Um, Howdy. I am a Democrat who. Supports gun rights, but I would like to agree with all of these other callers who have been saying that it's a powder keg. It's just an accident waiting to happen. Um, I think that each state needs to deal with with how to protect their recruiting office, um, whether it's not whether or not it's. It's um, calling the re- reserves or the National Guard in, or having some some kind of a a um, system where.
1: Yeah, we're going to come back just because of the sound. We are an audio program. I think somebody's car alarm
4: to... went off near him, so it's not yeah, his fault. Yeah, but... it does
1: some kind of – It's not well, Daniel, we're not cutting you off. You can Coming take a break you, and come sweetie. back. Uh, take a break. We'll come back. If you're holding, hang tight. If not, join us. 8886-LESLIE, a line available. When we finish with the call, you're cue to call through. When we whip through the calls, you can whip right in and get on. 8886-LESLIE, how do you feel about these volunteers who are carrying weapons in the open on sidewalks in front of recruitment centers? Taking the law into their own hands to protect these military members—like it or an accident waiting to happen—I feel the latter. What do you say, Leslie Marshall? Here, I want to hear from you. Eight 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 six. Leslie, back after this.
3: Leslie Marshall. Real people. Real life. Real talk. Give her a call now at eight 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 six Leslie.
1: That alarm is off. Daniel, uh, please finish up your comments regarding uh, these outside of these recruitment centers with their guns.
3: Yeah, um, as I was saying when that car alarm interrupted me, um, even if they have like reserve officers um, in a structured system uh, guarding these these recruitment centers. The key word is that it has to be structured because, like you said, who, who is to prevent someone from posing as, as someone and even worse than shooting? Um, they could use a bomb or something to destroy a recruiting center.
1: No, very true. They could, they could, you know. And that was actually my crew's idea, uh, that they could stand, you know. Not everybody who's a terrorist, as we know from Timothy McVeigh and from others that have joined ISIS, is a, uh, uh, you know, a brown guy or Arab-looking, uh, you know, with a beard. Um true. And you know, people could, you know, stand outside and be like, you know, high-fiving and everything, and then say, hey, can I use the restroom? And you know, those in the recruitment center are going to say yes because they're standing outside. And in the restroom, he could detonate something or come out and blow them away. Absolutely. Yeah. Which, in a sense, I think we can agree, doesn't guarantee their safety. As a matter of fact, this could put them and citizens and other people, two guys on the street, they could get in a fight. I was standing here yesterday. I got the shady spot. I was here first, dude. I was here first because you don't know if they're on medication, if they're mentally unstable. And, And the people standing next to each other, unless they know each other, don't know that. And, and, and yeah. all you need is a fight to break out. We've seen people kill over fender benders. Why not, you know, over something ridiculous and frivolous in front of a, a recruitment center? Right. All right. So we agree. Thank you. Thank you, Daniel. Let's get uh, to more calls. David in Massachusetts. Line five is next. David, good afternoon.
5: Hi. Good afternoon, Leslie. How are you?
1: Good. How you doing? Oh, I love that home accent. How are you? I'm fine.
5: <laughs> Pretty good. Piss off up here. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Wicked. <laughs> Wicked. Piss off. Uh, anyways, uh, before I get to my comment, I'd like to answer that guy's question a few calls ago about, you know, the reason that the, the so-called vigilantes, and I don't I don't know why you're referring to them as vigilantes, they're there to protect these guys because there's a specific target that were named by these jihadist groups as places for people who are, you know, of that mindset to attack. So th- th- there's probably going to be more attempts. So it would make perfect sense that I wouldn't. I would think that some of the people that work there probably ask some of these people to come down and hey, hang out here because they trust them like I do. I trust most gun owners. They're usually trained. They have good sense. They're not all just a bunch of hicks sitting around with guns shooting up and having a good time. I mean, to me, my point being, most of these mass shootings you're going to find are in gun-free zones, schools, the theaters, recruitment centers. No way to protect yourself, and whether or not it's an accident or whether it's not a kook, a crazy person, a jihadist, you should be able to protect yourself anywhere in the United States. In my opinion, the safest, the safest citizen is an armed citizen.
1: That's yeah, but let me let me ask you this, okay? I, I don't own yeah. guns, I don't want guns, and I don't want to take your guns away. I believe that the military should be able to not protect themselves, but be armed because they're part of a well-regulated militia and they're trained. I do not like these private citizens outside for many reasons. One, we don't know their mental uh, stability. Two, we don't know if they're drunk. Three, we don't know if they're ex-cons or on drugs. Uh, we don't know if they have had any training. We don't know if they're racist. We don't even know if they're terrorists who are going to stand around and walk into the recruitment center and blow somebody away. They're scaring in many areas uh, the public citizens. And if this is the attitude, what, do, uh, what, are, what are you going to do, start arming five- and six-year-olds after we have you know incidents like uh, Sandy Hook in Newtown, Connecticut?
5: Leslie, I think you're smarter than that. I really do. You can't. You can't go around life thinking that an accident is going to happen every time. Wait, you wait, 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 so wait, a,
1: wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. We have tried. more gun ownership now than we've ever we need had more. in the history. We need more. Wait, 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 wait. We have more gun ownership now than we've had in the history of our nation. Yet we have more massacres. More. And, and you know what? The- wait, 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 wait. These massacres are not. They- are not being. Um, uh, they are not perpetrated by a majority of terrorists. Yes, some of them are, but the majority no, of them are people. The people are angry, the people who have mental illness, right. and, the, and, and owning guns has not stopped those individuals. If I and to it to won't stop in those Colorado. individuals. you want me to tell you why? Wait, wait, wait. You want me to tell you why? You and I are talking from a rational mindset, even though we disagree, okay? Correct. You and I are not going to walk out there, me, without my gun, and try and hurt somebody, you with yours, um, and, 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 or just randomly blow people away. Somebody with mental illness is not coming at this from a ra- or even an ideological uh, fanatic especially if they've been brainwashed by a group like ISIS or uh, you know has or somebody who's high on drugs is not rational is not rational and that's my fear that's my fear the military screening the military has training arming the people in the recruitment centers one thing but people just volunteering who we don't know from Adam who might just shoot you cuz you're a black guy walking toward the Recruitment Center. That's very, very slippery slope. I'm Leslie Marshall. We're out of time. If you didn't get to finish your call, I'm not cutting you off. I'm just out of time. Call me back tomorrow on Thursday. Have a good one. Watch me on Kelly File tonight, 9.30 p.m. Eastern, on this very topic.
3: This is no ordinary sub shop. This is Firehouse Subs.
0: Welcome to Firehouse.
3: Tired of overpriced lunches that underdeliver deliver on flavor? Head to Firehouse Subs, where for a limited time, you can get a $4.99 choice sub choose from a medium smoked turkey, Virginia honey ham, or roast beef. They're custom-made hot subs at a price ready-made to make you smile. Just 4 dollars only at Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs, save more lives. Participating locations plus tax limited time offer. Prices may vary for delivery.